0: Megan is a pastor's wife living in Massachusetts and an editor for the Gospel Coalition. She's the author of several books, including Contentment, Seeing God's Goodness, and Praying Together, The Priority and Privilege of Prayer in Our Homes, Communities, and Churches. Her writings have also appeared in various places online, including Christianity Today, The Washington Post, Focus on the Family, and Desiring God. She and her husband, Rob, have four kids, and they belong to West Springfield Covenant Community Church. And I'm so glad to have Megan back on the podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, Champ.
0: So I am looking forward to this verse today. Why don't you go ahead and just dive in and tell us what you have.
1: I'm going to read for us Acts chapter 1, verse 14. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers.
0: Great. No one has chosen this verse, so I am looking forward to this one. So why don't you set the stage here? What's the context of this verse?
1: This first comes immediately after Jesus' ascension into heaven. So Jesus came to earth, lived a life of perfect obedience, died a death on the cross, then he was raised from the dead on the third day. And then after some time on earth, revisiting with his disciples and so on, he ascended into heaven, which um, the Lord took him, his body and up to heaven, and that's where he's seated right now, enthroned in heaven. And so As Jesus is preparing to go up to heaven and to leave his disciples, you know, he gives them what we call the Great Commission, which was his instructions to them to go out into the world and to plant churches and make disciples. And then we see the disciples standing there on that mountain. They watch Jesus go up into heaven and then they leave from that place. And it's actually kind of interesting, right? They leave from this mountaintop experience where they've had, and Jesus has sent them out into the world to make disciples. And we come to this verse that I just read, and we find, oh, what are they doing? Well, they're having a prayer meeting. Hmm. And so they immediately come off this mountain. He's told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And so they gather together, and they have a prayer meeting together. And that's where our verse comes in.
0: Okay, that set the stage really well. So if you were to put the main point of this verse in your own words, what is this verse calling us to do?
1: Yeah, I think this verse is calling us to come together and pray as Mm -hmm. God's people.
0: Okay, so with that in mind, why don't you help us understand why is it that we can go to a verse like this in the book of Acts? which the book of Acts tells the story of the early Christians right after Jesus went to heaven, like you just said. And they did lots of things. They went from this city to that city. Maybe they went into this house. Maybe they journeyed over here. They had certain conversations. And we're not necessarily going to try to imitate all those particular actions. But this verse, when they're praying, we should look at this verse and take it as our example. Why is that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question, because you're right, we don't just pick any verse out of the Bible and say, oh, that's what I should do. The Bible tells us about people who sinned, and the Bible tells us about special times in the life of the church that don't necessarily reoccur, and so I think that's an important question for us to ask. I think one thing, at least, that I can say about this verse is that that is repeated, the idea of God's people coming together to pray is repeated throughout Scripture, And so it's not just in this verse. Uh, We see it, certainly we see it in the Old Testament that God's people came together to pray. You know, think of somebody like Esther, you know, she was going to go before the king. And so she called God's people to come together and pray or Daniel, you know, when the king was going to kill him, he called his friends together and prayed. So even in the Old Testament, we see that. And then we see it in the book of Acts. We see it later in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Again and again, as you go through the book of Acts, there are these prayer meetings. And then, you know, when we come to Paul, Paul writes his letters, you know, a lot of the New Testament are letters that have been written to the churches. And, you know, when Paul writes something like a verse that some of us have memorized where he says, pray continually or pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Well, that was in a letter that he wrote to a church. And so Hmm. he's writing it to a group of Christians and he's saying to them, all of you, or as we say in Massachusetts, you guys, um, <laughs> you guys need to be praying together. Pray without ceasing or pray continually and in his, its instructions to the whole church. So when we see something that's repeated throughout scripture, we can assume it wasn't just a one-off incident, but it actually is a pattern that we should follow.
0: Well, that's so helpful because that's the way stories work here. And this is a true story, but in any kind of story, uh, when the author wants to make a point, The author will make it numbers of times, make a repetition, and you kind of go, okay, I guess this he's communicating this is important. So that's that's very helpful. So let's get into what it's telling us about how we should be praying. So what would you say that this verse is teaching us about prayer?
1: I think there's just some great things in this verse to teach us about praying, and especially about praying with other Christians. Hmm. Um, At first, we see all these with one accord. So we see this phrase, with one accord. And in another translation, it says, with one voice. And I think sometimes when we come together with other people to pray, whether it's in our family or in the church, there's one person who stands up and prays or sits down and prays out loud, Mm -hmm. and everyone else is there. And we sometimes get a little confused, like, what are we all doing? Are we just like listening in on the (laughs) pastor? When he's preaching? Are we listening right. in on dad when he's praying? You know, what are we, the rest of us, doing? And this mm-hmm. verse teaches us that no, everybody's praying. I mean, one person has to speak because it would just be chaos if we were all talking at the same time, right? Right. One person is speaking, but we're all joining our hearts to that prayer. We're all in our hearts thinking, yes, this is my prayer too. So the first thing I think it teaches us is that even if you're the person that's just sitting there, you're not the person that's leading the prayer, you're still praying and that you're joining with one accord or with one voice with everyone else.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful. The Christian Standard Bible that we often use here on the podcast, it uses the phrase united in prayer. Yeah, so that's really helpful. That's what we should be doing when someone else is praying. We're praying with them as they pray.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What else does this verse teach us about prayer?
1: So then next it says, they were devoting themselves to prayer. And I think that's interesting because it shows that it was a priority, right? Hmm. I don't know what you're devoted to. I'm pretty devoted to chocolate chip cookies. I'm (laughs) devoted to my family. Um, I'm devoted to Christ, hopefully, but there's not a lot of things in my life I'm devoted to, Hmm. you know, doing my chores and laundry and dishes and stuff. Not so devoted to that. (laughs) So it shows us here by the word devoted or continually united or whatever word your translation uses, that it's a priority, that they were wholeheartedly focused on this activity of prayer. And then the third thing I think that's interesting is it gives sort of a list, an abbreviated list of the people who were there. And it says, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. And so I think this shows us that all kinds of people can come together and pray um, we've got women mentioned here which is unique for the context of this verse that we would be pointing out that there were women there mm-hmm. then there Mary herself was there so one particular woman is pointed out and his brothers Jesus's brothers I'm assuming mm-hmm. um, whether that means his you know, sort of biological brothers, people like James, or whether it means those who belonged to him by faith or part of his family by faith—I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure—but but but somehow there's this group of people, and then the disciples were there as well. We know from the context of mm-hmm. the verse those eleven at this point, men that were following Jesus. So there's this group of people. They're not all leaders in the church. They're not all missionaries. They're not all um, men even. Um, so I think it continues. Teach us that all kinds of people can come together and pray. And so when your family prays or when your church prays, um, the prayers of children and teenagers are just as important and just as welcome as the prayers of the pastor or the elders or the deacons of your church.
0: That's fantastic. So it's been great having you on the podcast today, Megan. Thank you. Would you close our time by doing this, by praying for us?
1: Sure. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of prayer. We thank you that you hear us when we pray. We thank you that the Spirit and the Son intercede for us while we're praying. We thank you that you delight when your children bring their requests before you. Lord, we pray now that in our homes and in our churches, that you would make us people who are devoted to prayer, that we would look for opportunities to pray together with other Christians, and that you would be pleased to hear us when we do. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.